The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out. Today, we're excited to have in the studio Pat Pelkowski from Shaken or Stirred Bartending. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Good morning. You bet. Uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, first, tell us about you. Tell us your story. Uh, well, I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, born back in 1964, which makes me a, a ripe young age of 58. Grew up there. I spent 18 years of my life, I say, trying to get the heck out of my hometown and then the rest of my life trying to get back to it. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, graduated high school there and I uh, decided at that point that I wasn't college material. So I joined the United States Air Force, which I'm very proud of. I uh, I went through basic and tech school and everything. My first job in the Air Force, I was Loading bombs or painting bombs and counting bullets, that's what I say. Whoa. Uh, well, thank you for your service. How, how long were you in the military? About seven and a half years. Seven um, and a half, wow. Yeah, about four years into it when I was trying to decide whether I should re-enlist or not, um, an opportunity came up for me to cross-train over to air traffic control. And so I did that for the Air Force for about my last two and a half, three years. And I was thinking about making the Air Force a career with that move. And that's when President Clinton came along, and they had to do a reduction in force of the Air Force. So he offered me ten thousand. I said, "See ya." <laughs> wow, excellent, excellent. So once you so seven and a half years, and then you got your uh, ten grand. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, what happened after that? Well, uh, it wasn't so much that money at the time, but with the air traffic control background, I had the opportunity to be hired on by the Federal Aviation Administration. So. Um, that helped me just kind of get through the transition. Uh, yeah, went to the FAA. Uh, they trained me down in Oklahoma City. My uh, first assignment was Clarksburg, West Virginia, uh, which was a very interesting assignment. Um, but again, I uh, put in a lot of voluntary applications to move. And after Clarksburg, West Virginia, I, I took Wichita. They offered me a job here in Wichita, which was a fantastic move. Um as far as air traffic goes, they were what at the time was a level three facility. They had five levels at that time, five being the busiest. And about two years after I got here, because of the military activity, we moved up to a level four facility. Uh, so it was a very uh, intriguing move for me. I had a good time uh, here. Was always planning on moving on, but just kind of fell in love with Wichita in the area and decided to make it home. Let's stop right there. What year was that when you come to Wichita? Oh, geez, you're testing my memory I know, now. I know. Um, I hate when people do that to me, so I figure out it. Well, I go on the age of my kids, and my daughter <laughs> was born in 93, so I was here in 95. 
95. So when you, when they said, I take Wichita was a choice or was it a choice you made to come to Wichita? Yes. I mean, I, so the FAA had certain jobs around the country. Okay. Um, I put in for several. Uh, Wichita offered me this one, so I chose this one out of my other offers. Okay. Yeah. Help us understand what at that time made you choose besides a job. What is there anything about Wichita in 1995 that made you say, hey, I want to hang out in, in Wichita? I'm going to be totally honest with you. I knew hardly anything about Wichita okay. before I That's took it. Excellent. The uh, the job was the most important thing in my mind, you know, providing for the family, making sure I could progress in my career. Um, however, the the facility was very impressive. Uh, the air traffic, I, being in Wichita, if you're an air traffic controller, you get to work just about every aircraft out there because mm-hmm. you know we are the aviation capital of the world. Right. So uh, that was intriguing. It was it wasn't until after I got here that I learned to really love the area and and feel at home here. Excellent, excellent. So ninety five, you got here. Went to FAA, and they up, upgraded from a level three to level four. What happened after that? Well, really, I got involved a lot at work, different things. I, you know, air traffic controllers, they say, have class A personalities, you know, and so, but it's a unique job in that you only go to work for eight hours normally. Uh, and so when you get home, you still have that energy, whereas entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, it's hardly ever an eight-hour day. You know, you're still taking it home and doing things. Uh, so I got involved at work. I became a, a union leader um, and did that for years. Um, I got involved legislatively with work. And then later on, I started to enjoy volleyball. So I started coaching volleyball in the area with juniors. I did a lot of officiating and line judging. Uh, so I found things to kind of take that take that extra energy I had at the end of the day. Excellent. So how long were you at the FAA? Uh, well, total federal service, I had over 30 years. Um, wow. FAA, I had about uh, 26 years, 25, 26 years. Whoa, so. that's that's impressive. So um, you did that. Let's, let's uh, get into this entrepreneurial thing you started doing. How did, how did that come about? I mean, you're an air traffic controller. Again, I think it's those those personalities. I just... Always, I always love education. I always love learning new things. Uh, so while I was still an air traffic controller, I went back to school, went back to Wichita State, and okay. I got my degree in entrepreneurship. And uh, I, I had that. I loved the university. I stayed close to it. And I just had never done anything with all of my education while I was still a controller. You know, I mean, controlling took a good portion of my time, um, more so than it would take to run a business on the outside. But as I got closer to retirement, which controllers can retire early just because of the nature of the job. Yeah, I bet. Um, we started thinking about things, and my wife said, well, you better find something to do. <laughs> so, um, you know, we always enjoyed uh, entertaining at home. And I okay. found myself behind the bar more often than not, not even being a trained bartender, just enjoying making different things for the my my guests. So Hold on a sec. I mean, before we get into that, because it's a great story, but what made you ch- – uh, choose entrepreneurship to, at WSU? What, why entrepreneurship of everything they offer? Well, you know, actually, I started off at WSU with a couple of their summer courses, their two-week expedited courses. Mm-hmm. I really didn't even know what I was doing. I just kind of saw it advertised. Dave Dahl, uh, oh, Judge yeah. Dahl, you know, he yeah. was oh, teaching my. a couple of those. Shout and, out to Dave Dahl, uh, voice of the Shockers. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, Ron Christie at the time. Ron Christie. Oh my yeah. God. You're bringing yeah. up great people. Oh. He was one of my, uh, consultants. 
oh yeah for my yeah. business so yeah, yeah. And, and had the marble ice cream oh, yeah. Uh, place yeah <laughs> oh, my God. um and don hackett um yep so oh, my God. Uh, okay. don hackett was a big mentor to me coming through um yeah. so I, I met all them in this two-week course that i took and it just kind of excited me and i was just like you know i want to learn more i want to keep going and you know, the more active you are, the the more that group accepts you and they just keep drawing you in. It's just kind of like this big ball rolling down the hill. Wow. That's, oh man. Wichita's too, too small. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. Don Hackett and Ron Christie and Dave Dahl. Wow. Great, great, great folks. So, okay. So back to uh, after you got your, you and your wife talked, well, I think you didn't talk. She told you you need to do something. So yeah. what happened after that? Well, her thinking was is just give me something to do once in a while on the weekend or the evening. But I don't know I just kind of took off on it. You know, we got our liquor license. And so the first year, 2015, we had about six gigs, uh, which was fine because I was still controlling and I was still learning. And then 2016, I kind of grew some more. We went up to about 36, 37 gigs, somewhere in that range. And I was getting really kind of tired of the shift work um, for air traffic control because the Air traffic controllers have a crazy schedule. Um, I mean, you're you're you come in in the evenings. You're on your Monday, on your Tuesday, it's another evening. On your Wednesday, it's a midday shift. On your Thursday, you come in at six a.m. work till two, mm. and then you turn right around, come back in at ten in the evening, and work a mid shift. And when I was young, it was great because it'd be like a three day weekend, you know, every right. time. And then as I got into my forties, and my wife's telling the kids, oh, "Daddy alone for the first few hours this morning," I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah." So. Um, yeah, so I looked for something different um, and uh, started off with uh, somebody had mentioned that, hey, you always wanted to start a business. Did you ever think about this? We started thinking about it. Um, and I told my wife, I said, we have to make a decision that's not based on that person because that person's not going to be there in two or three exactly. years. Um, it's got to be long lasting. So we really took probably about seven to eight months before we decided to actually jump into actually going after our liquor license and everything. Um Let's start with, uh, I, I love this story. Let's start with the name. I mean, what, okay, well, you said you decided you wanted to do bartending because you like entertaining and things like that. Yeah. How did you come up with the name? I mean, I got an idea, but what made you choose that name? So it's it's kind of funny. I don't know if it's interesting to everybody or not. Um, <laughs> it's your I, story. I still remember sitting at my desk and, and my wife sitting at her desk in, in the office at home and we're going through all this process. And all of a sudden it's just like, wait, what are we going to call it? You know? And I went through all these iterations. And the first thing in my head was whatever it is, it's going to be shortened probably at some point to what the abbreviation would be. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason in my head, it was like SOS. So when you, when you have a party and you need some help really quick, you're going to make an SOS call and, you know, and so shaking a shirt just kind of nice. fit into that. And uh, we threw bartending at the end of it, and that's how it started. See, and that's a beautiful thing. I want our listeners to realize how entrepreneurship takes place, and your thought process on that. I hope will be inter- I hope it will be enlightening to folks to see. You know, you never know how that's going to happen. So SOS bartending. I wouldn't have guessed that, but uh, <laughs> you told the story. So you come up with SOS bartending. You had five or six gigs in the first year, I think. We had about we had about six gears. Six, six, yeah, six gigs. Yeah. So, tell us what SOS bartending does. We we see the name, but sure. What what how how would you describe your company? According to the state of Kansas, um, I am a, a licensed liquor caterer. Being a licensed liquor caterer, that gives me the ability to go into a venue 
or a location that doesn't already have a liquor license okay. and then bring my liquor that I've purchased from a licensed distributor for sale to the public or to a private party, depending on how that, there's several ways that that works. But yeah, basically that's what we do. So we provide all the servers, we provide all the bartending. Uh, when we roll on site, we have our own bars, we bring our own ice, cups, napkins. Basically, if you hire us to do a job, then we bring everything in with us. Wow, that's pretty cool. So I take it you did some research as Feel okay. Here's a niche here that we can fill, or how did that work? Or are there other folks doing it? There are other folks doing it. We have some. I uh, have some great competition in town. Um, when we first started out, and I was researching the whole thing, um, you know, first off is what would this be worth it for me to do this in town? Okay. Um, and since at that point I was looking at doing it small scale, um, I was like, I found out quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, I could bartend for different for different small parties and stuff. In that process, I saw what my competitors were doing because I was doing the research on them, and I saw everywhere they were at, and I realized, well, this is this is bigger if I want to go bigger um, in town. The demand is is bigger. Um, my competitors were filling those that demand fairly well. Um, I went in and I I did a search for what type of other bartending companies are out there. Mm-hmm. What I found is our niche. Uh, what I wanted our niche to be was to be that that ultra-professional company. Um, you know, there's a lot of great companies in town that provide that party experience and they do it very well. I wanted to be that that bartending company that came in in black polos and black pants and faded into the background. We weren't going to be the show for that party. We were going to be the service that provided that provided your, your guests with a very comfortable, very professional bartending service. We've since grown, so we will do the party atmosphere as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but our niche in the very beginning and still to this day is just a professional bar service uh, with uh, plenty of variety in our alcohols that we bring with mature bartenders. Excellent. Excellent. So before before we roll into a break, have you, from the time you started this business to now, have you had to course correct far as you were, you thought something was a hit? but it ended up not being a, it ended up being a flop and you had to kind of redo your business plan or did you have a business plan or how did that work? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I, I should be embarrassed. And, and uh, I, I, we started working on a business plan many times. And as we all know, business plans are living documents, right? I mean, they're meant to be changed. They're meant to be morphed. Um, and, and every time I would start writing this up and spending time on it, we'd get another influx in business and that would get pushed to the side, you right. know, and I'd have to work it. So, we do have a working model. I have yet to put down on paper a full business plan. We put enough down to follow the guidelines. One of the things I really, really love, probably about in business in general, um, because you can start anything, but the one thing I've loved since I've started doing Shaking or Stirred was just the learning curve. I mean, mm. I look back at where we were and how we started and the changes that we've made in the business or um, maybe not even changes, just things we've added to the business to make it um, successful were all because of mistakes made, right? You know, right. my wife likes to say, when are we going to be old enough to stop getting those life learning <laughs> you know, experiences? <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, yeah, I get your meaning. But yeah, the learning curve has been fantastic for this. Um, everything from how we transport to a gig. I mean, we now realize that everything we take has to be on wheels. Right? We put everything on wheels so that we can roll in and roll out quickly. Because of that, what I mentioned earlier, our variety of liquors and alcohols and everything that we bring to make the party complete, that's a lot. And so if it can't be done quickly, 
then you're not being efficient. So yeah, there, there's other things that we realize. There's there's certain events that we won't take, okay, um, just because we realize we're going to get a lot of problems with that event. One of the things, or several of the things that my wife told me when we started this, is that my wife is very anti litigious. So it's like we are not going to get sued for anything. <laughs> I want to sleep at night, um, which I totally understood. So we worked very hard at staying legal. I was worried in the beginning that maybe I wasn't going to be able to take the business I needed to get started, but that wasn't the case. I mean, I've been able to stay ultra legal and been able to turn away business that maybe that was going to lead me down a wrong path. And so, uh, yeah, now, now it's, it's super easy with our learning curve to say, yes, we want this event. No, we don't want exactly. that event. Um, you know, in the end, it's my liquor liability license. It's my insurance and it's my staff, right? Uh, my staff is ultra important to me and I'll give back money to people. It doesn't matter. But if I have to not use that staff member or if I lose my liquor license and that staff member loses a source of income, mm-hmm. that, that would hit me hard. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, and that just shows you not all good, not all business is good business. So I'm glad you uh, shared that with our audience. Well, folks, we're going to take a break, pay some bills, and we'll be back with shaken or stirred Mr. Pat Pelkowski. Seeing the world of energy differently means looking forward and innovating now. It's why we've invested in a next-gen infrastructure, one capable of providing energy to you more dependably than anything before it, so you can focus on what matters most. Reliable, sustainable, affordable energy that puts you first. That's everything to us. Evergy, the utility company. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. We need your input to continue to improve the business environment in Kansas and to ensure the success of our members. See wichitachamber.org for more information. To provide us input about this podcast series, send an email to communications at wichitachamber.org with your questions, comments, and suggestions for the business leaders we should feature and important topics we should address. Welcome back, folks. We're here with Pat Pelkowski, shaken or stirred bartending. You know what? I happened to be in the audience a few days ago, and you won this award from the Wichita Chamber. Tell us about that experience. Oh man, that was an exciting day. I mean, you, we, you know, we had gone through the two month process to um, apply, and then when we went over to Friends University for the visit we had there with everybody and setting up our booth, being named a finalist there was highly exciting. I mean, I didn't know if we were going to make it or not, and we were so busy that I was only able to put in so much effort to it. So we became a finalist, and I was excited. But my two lead staff were like really excited. And that just that just got me even more jazzed. I was just like, okay, this is this is big. Everybody, everybody else thinks it's huge. So let's go on. And then so we went through the whole process of the video at our new building and the visitation by the judges and everything. Uh, and then yeah, on May 25th for the lunch, I'm like, okay, I have a chance. Not sure how much of a chance. I'm up against some really good competition. Uh, you know, Stacy from the Hopping Known, I've known her for years. Mm-hmm. She runs a fantastic business, so community involved. What was funny is sitting at the table, my wife and my lead staff, who are also my work wives, <laughs> mm-hmm. were sitting closer to the stage than I was. And so I'm sitting in the back of the table and I'm waiting for him to read that name. 
And they're already smiling because they can see that the name is long on his card. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, they're just trying to make me feel good, you know? And, and then he reads off shaken or stirred bartending. And I was just like, wow, whoa, whoa. you know? Um, and I, I was just excited. And everything becomes surreal at that point because you stand up and you got to walk to the stage and you've got all these people congratulating you and shaking your hands and stuff. And you really, you don't, you can't really even enjoy all those congratulations and heart and sincere thank yous, you know, and congrats because you're, you're just hyped. Everything's happening very, very quickly. Um, And so, yeah, I was just super excited, got up there. I wasn't even sure where to stand when we got the award. You know, they're, they're trying to move me around to get me in the middle of it. And I'm like, where am I going? And um, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, uh, my thank you speech was kind of off the cuff as you heard my wife told me to be prepared and I was like eh, yeah so. <laughs> and that, was, that was good that was good so but, you uh, mentioned uh before the break about your employees and you just mentioned them again apparently they're smart they're intuitive tell us about your employees yeah um I mean my, my whole staff uh, are, are fantastic everybody from the oncoming bartender all the way up to my my lead ops and my lead admin um you're probably about four years ago. I can't remember now. Five years ago, I had my first staff member come on, um, working with me on the business, not just bartending. Until then, I was doing everything. Uh, and, and she, uh, her name is Tara Witt, and she became my lead admin. Um, and it's funny because she kept saying, "Well, Pat, I can do more. I can do more." Mm. You know, she's a she's a mom of four. You know, she's at home all the time, but she's just had this energy about her. You know, she kept wanting to do more. And and once I gave her a few things and realized she could do more. Then I started piling on, and all of a sudden she's like, "Whoa, hold on!" <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, but we worked it out, and having her take things off my plate just made shaken or stirred grow even more. And I just started—I knew the value of staff beforehand, but everything that she was doing was bringing that to the forefront for me. It was just like, "Okay, need the trust, you know? Need to need to just just like the speaker said during the uh, luncheon, you know, you mm-hmm. got to trust, you got to love, you know, and love." And, and, and shout it just out to Ryan out. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Ryan. And then um, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, Tara ended up bringing me someone because our operations was needing a lot of attention. And it was just tearing me away from everything else I needed to do. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that Shake and Start ever went through a slow part, but there was, it could have kept going faster if I had not still been carrying cases of beer and washing dishes and yeah. doing all that stuff. Right. Um, and so my lead ops came in and then I started hiring people underneath her and she just started managing it all, uh, Shonda and uh, Shonda Kuzer. And she just... She took over everything in the garage for me. And so literally there were times when I'm still bartending that I would get up from the computer, put my shake and their stirred shirt on, walk out to the truck. And that's all I had to do. I just had to jump in the truck and go because she had it already. Wow. Um, so yeah, those two staff members in general. And of course my wife, who, like I said, she likes to call herself my silent, not so silent partner. <laughs> quite often true. <laughs> Excellent. So how many folks you got over there at Shaken? So those are the four. So I'm the four main members, uh, Tara, Shonda, Tara for admin, Shonda for ops. Um, uh, Jody, my wife, takes care of all of our inventory. She's an economics professor at Wichita State with uh, behavioral economics. And she has, she just helps us tremendously when we're coming up. Everything from signature drinks and cocktails and what people might want in a certain area. Uh, she's fantastic with that. Bartenders-wise and operations folks, we have over 30 people on our on our W-2s. Wow. I figured you'd have to have that. Let's talk about you. <laughs> Based on your growth, starting in 2015, I think I remember six gigs. Yeah. How many gigs do you want to share 
uh, revenue. Tell us, tell us the story. Uh, you know, I, the revenue, I'm not trying to hold back. It's just hard to remember those numbers altogether. I, you know, and I always relate it to events. And, and my whole thing is, is that is if you worry about the events, the money comes and, okay. it, and it does. Right. So I worry about pulling off the event before I worry about how much the event's going to bring us. Okay. Except, except in certain situations. Right, right, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, 2015, uh, we started off. I'm still an air traffic controller, so I'm doing this on the side. Mm -hmm. uh, we had six gigs. I think my very first gig was going down to the uh, Wichita River Festival volleyball tournament down at O.J. Watson Park and setting okay. up a tent there. <laughs> um, I still have a picture of my first dollar that we ever took in. Wow. Um, we got a couple weddings and then a New Year's Eve event, and it turned into be a word-of-mouth thing. So 2016... Uh, we grew a little bit more. Um, I was still an air traffic controller. We had about 36 gigs that year. And somewhere in the middle of that year, um, I was eligible for retirement. And uh, my wife, Jody just looks at me and says, you know, Pat, you've done a good job saving for retirement. You know, you've, you've, you've got a good nest egg going. If you want to get out and see what you can do with Shaken or Stirred, you know, we can do it. And I was just like, you know, it, it took me a long time because when you're an air traffic controller for so long, it's like, that's who you are, mm -hmm. right? And so what am I going to be if I'm not an air traffic controller? But I decided, yep, it's the time. So I retired January or December 31st, 2016. And as soon as I did that, I think I remember one or two nights sitting at home on the couch with a Manhattan reading an entrepreneurship book. And after that, I didn't have that time anymore. Right. It just took off. Uh, wow. We went up to 120 gigs in 2017, 2018. I think we did... Somewhere around 160, 2019, we went up to two, 200, somewhere around there. 20, of course, was COVID, uh, so we didn't do much there. And finally, uh, last year in 2021, we did over 230 events. Whoa! Um, what's amazing about that number Gee, is man. the fact that we didn't have the first quarter. The whole first quarter of 2021 That's was right. COVID, so That's we didn't right. really start doing anything until end of March. So that whole 230 gigs came after that time period. So basically nine months. So if you annualize that out, that could have been over 300 gigs if yeah. you would have had that first yeah. quarter. Wow. Yeah. That is so impressive, my man. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So do you, do you worry about growing too fast or do you feel you had a controlled growth? Um, so the term, term was once said to me, you got to pick the grapes when they're ripe, you know? Um, okay. and my staff will sometimes get frustrated with me because I have a hard time saying no, I've gotten a lot better at that. So I'm getting, whereas the growth was just going and we were handling it. Mm -hmm. Now it's more controlled because now I'm trying to say, okay, we can do this at this point, our new building, which is going up and hopefully we'll be in that in about three weeks to a month. Um, that will increase our capacity exponentially. Let's talk about that real quick. What's, what's this new building about? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we were really just working at just kind of like every great entrepreneurial story. We were working out of our third car garage. Mm. You know, we, we retrofitted it. We did everything that we could do to make that as efficient as possible. But with the growth that we experienced, especially last year, it just was no longer feasible to do that unless we were going to stop growing. And of course, if you know, you stop growing, you start dying. Mm -hmm. So we decided, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go forth. Let's, Think about a new building. I am blessed enough to have owned five and a quarter acres where I live. And so we just built a building on the back four acres there. There you go. So Excellent. So yeah. is it is it done? 
Is it complete? It's not totally complete. It, we're at that stage now where it's all that slow stuff inside. You know, the electrical's being finished up. The plumbing's being finished up. We're putting in cabinets. Painting's all done. The concrete ceiling's going to get done next week. Um, I'm buying some steel pallet uh, shelving that we're putting in. Excited wow. about that. My staff is super excited about that. The biggest thing my staff is excited about is that they're going to have their own bathroom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that makes a big difference. And earlier you mentioned about the wheels. Everything you have is on wheels. Yep. Are, are you talking about like carts? Yeah, we probably have, you know, 20 Coleman wagons and uh, and different wagons that we use, uh, probably 10 different dollies. We even utilize the old milk coolers that you would see in middle school, you know, uh -huh. open up that silver thing, reach right. in. Oh my God, I, yeah. Yeah, so I'll go to the auctions for the schools and stuff when they're selling them and I, I'll, I'll buy those. And so... Um, Again, another luck thing about entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurism, I, I just happened to be at a party one time uh, with a gentleman who was selling a box truck that had a Tommy lift on it. Wow. Um, I bought it because he made me such a great deal. I didn't need it at that time. It was so early and shaken or stirred, but now, but then it became a necessity. But that Tommy lift allowed me to use those milk coolers because now I could just roll the whole milk cooler out of the building onto the truck, take it to wherever I'm going, roll it in the building, plug it in, and I had chilled beer the whole night. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. And help, help me understand, when you go to a site, are you setting up in the folks at the venue's own kitchen? Or are, do you have a food truck-like thing set up? Or are you can you, can you do yeah. it all? Can you do whatever? It's, every every venue is, is different. Exactly. Right? You were asking about how the different areas that we've gone into, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, now we would do outside venues, we do indoor right. venues, we do mixology, we do all this stuff, right? So we've learned and we are compiling a book uh, where we have all these venue specifics written down with pictures so that we can send that out to a bartender who's doing a gig and say, here's your setup. You know, this is where you're going to go. So we just know now, okay, you know, at this venue, we'll, we can't get that milk cooler in. So we have to put everything in white Coleman coolers after it's, after it's chilled. Okay. You know, this venue has got a huge kitchen with big catering doors. We can roll the cooler in there. At this venue, we want to be in this location in the corner. Let's talk to the bride. Let's talk to the customer about that, saying this is going to be your best spot for us. Gotcha. Um, so every venue is different. So we have to adjust at each one. Uh, wow. Um, you asked about the trucks. We have two bar trucks. Uh, two bar trucks. Okay. Two, you know, Tipsy Turtle and Mobile Teeny. Okay. Yeah. I, saw, I saw Tipsy Turtle. I think I saw an image of that. Yeah. yeah so Mobile Teeny, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Tell us about this. I think you have a a relationship with the Chamber of uh, Friends of McConnell. Why are you involved with that? I'm a member of several chambers, and I love taking part of it. The The Wichita Chamber and the Derby Chamber, they've given me fantastic opportunities to become involved. Okay. Uh, so just being involved in general with the Chamber is huge for me. I mean, it gives me opportunities such as this, um, you know, and I was just in the small business committee meeting before this. Oh, okay. So it, it gives me those opportunities to partake in the community and the business world. With the friends of McConnell, um, I'm a huge, huge supporter of the military. I mean, not only, I've already talked about my military Correct. career. My father was a Balteric gunner on a, on a B-17 during World War II. My brother was an air traffic controller during Vietnam for the Air Force and stationed over in Vietnam for a year or two and just learned to, to really have that patriotic feeling about me. And the friends of McConnell, I found out about it through uh, Jack Pooley. Um, Jack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, you just bring up everybody. I know. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's 
I joined the Friends of McConnell uh, shortly after that. The Derby Chamber came up with uh, McConnell Action Group. So, you know, we joined that. And then uh, have you heard about the Bourbon Salute? No, you're going to tell us, though. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I've been afraid of talking. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So the Bourbon Salute, oh, about three or four years ago, the uh, commander at, at the McConnell uh, gave a call to <clears throat> the Derby Chamber saying, hey, would we be able to get it? Some folks to maybe don- donate some money around Christmas time. Um, we want to take the airmen out who are stuck on base. We want to take them out for dinners to see movies and stuff. And not too many people know this, but during the holidays for uh, airmen, especially young airmen, but everybody stationed on base, not everybody can leave, right? We have to have that awareness. We have to have that alert, ready uh, uh, mobility there. And so not everybody can leave and go back home for the holidays. And so that turns out to be a high DUI time for the military. It turns out to be a high suicide attempt for the, uh, the military. And so the base was doing what they could to try to get these guys out um, and take them out, keep them moving, keep them with people. And so they asked for some donations. Uh, so, you know, I donated and uh, we that was a very successful year for them uh, as far as getting folks out. And then it just started rolling through my head after a suggestion from a, a buddy out in Derby. He said, hey, you know, we had to do something with bourbon. We both loved bourbon. We had to do a tasting or something. And that kind of clicked into my head. What if we ran a fundraiser with bourbon tasting? You know, we'll just make it small. We'll make it exclusive. And we'll donate that money to somebody on base. Jack Pooley again came through and he said, hey, I found you a, a group on base that you can donate to, which is the uh, McConnell uh, First Sergeants Association. Okay. Uh, we have a fantastic relationship with them now. And so we ran our first bourbon salute. We decided, hey, we're going to pair three bourbons with three smoked meats, all of our sponsors uh, just donated everything for free. We didn't have to pay for anything. Um, Derby donated the venue and everything. So that first year we donated like $3,000 to the First Sergeant's Association. Okay. Ran it the next year, it was like four. And then all of a sudden, because of COVID, they said, hey, we're gonna move you into a big venue so you can spread out. To me, that meant sell more tickets. <laughs> okay, So okay. Oh, uh, um, we, we did well that year. And then we moved to the Kansas Aviation Museum last year. Oh, okay. Uh, and it just, it, it amazed me. We blew them out. We were able to donate over $22,000 to the First Sergeant's Association that year. Nice. And that's changed their operating practices. It changed things how we do for that. But it just, it was just huge for me and, and all of the sponsors who support the military in this area to make that big of a contribution and have such a, such a successful event. Excellent. Excellent. Well, before we wind up here, is there anything on the horizon that you want to give us a, <laughs> uh, <laughs> give us a scoop on that's going on with uh, Shaken or Stirred? Well, uh, let's see here. As far as Shaken or Stirred is going, we are uh, looking at expanding our mixology classes out in Derby. Uh, the Derby Recreation Center and their new Hubbard's Art Center out there is contracted with us. We'll be doing a mixology class once a month from July on. Um, and uh, what I just mentioned... The Bourbon Salute's coming up in August. This year, it's going to be at the Mid-American All-Indian Center on August 19th. Okay. So those tickets are on sale now. Um, Automobilia's coming up on July 9th down here on Douglas. We'll be serving that. So that's going to be huge. Okay. Yeah, we've lots of exciting things. Look like you're all up in the community. Well, we appreciate you coming through, but there's one last thing you have to do. We have this thing called Word Association, and uh, I ask you one word. You give me one word back, it's not wrong because it's your word. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. How about success? Happiness. Running something that other people, well, you only want one word.
word. <laughs> you got it. Happiness was cool. College. What was it? College. Education. Failure. Non-option. Excellent. <laughs> Entrepreneur. Growth. There you go. Hero. Uh, selfless. Fun. Business. There you go. Family. Everything. The chamber. Leaders. Now that you mention it, back to leader. Chamber. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And uh, vacation. Not there. Not there. <laughs> nice. And last but not least, and you got to tell the truth about this one, beverage. Liquid. <laughs> Liquid beverage. Okay. You got them all. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming in. We truly appreciate you hanging out with us. Hope it wasn't as, as painful as folks might have said it would be. Just that last part. That last <laughs> part was pretty painful. Excellent. Well, you just heard from Pat Pelkowski what's shaking or stirred. That's your show for today. Make sure you like us, love us, share us on Facebook. Also share this with your friends. Until next time, peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T -T at wichitachamber.org.